0: What's up, you guys? Welcome to the STS Poker Podcast. My name is Izzy, and I'm here with my boy, Jimmy. Jimmy, say what's up to all the people out there.
1: What's up to all the people out there?
0: Yeah. 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 So we're very excited to bring you this uh, Poker Lifestyle Podcast that will be touching on all types of topics related to life and poker. But before we get into all that, Jimmy. Yeah. How about we tell them uh, how we actually got started and how we actually even thought of doing a podcast? Okay. Do you remember how we got into this conversation about a few weeks ago?
1: I remember you were telling me that you spoke with a friend and he was talking to you about doing a podcast. And then you approached me about it saying, hey, he told me that he's doing a podcast. So you're like, hey, let's do a poker podcast. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much, um, you know, I have another close friend of mine that uh called me up not too long ago, and he was going through some you know um life difficulties, depression, and other stuff um, that we all basically go through, and he wants to bring it to uh to light, basically that people can have a platform and talk about their personal life so from then, I told my friend Jimmy, hey there's this app you know it's a cool app." free why don't we just you know get together and start this so here we are today you know now we're just gonna go ahead and go for it uh we've been both playing poker for a long time me personally i've been playing for like 10 years and um you know i know a lot about the game and why not you know it's just another avenue to uh talk about poker and things that i actually want to know what you guys think about and we'll be getting to that later so i mean
1: Yeah, I really just, I enjoy listening to podcasts. I listen to different poker podcasts a lot, like throughout the day and stuff. And most of the poker podcasts that I listen to, they're very more of strategy. They're more of like results of who won what event and stuff like that. But I really want to talk more of the poker lifestyle about how we are as poker players, how we live the life you know, of us traveling, of us playing, of us having relationships and stuff like that. So I want to focus more on that than having a podcast is only talking about results and strategy. And, you know, I would like to talk about strategy if that's what you guys are interested in listening to, but I don't want to focus mostly on strategy. I just want to talk about, you know, our lives and how we approach things and just random things.
0: So basically you want to get more personal one-on-one with these people that, you know, not necessarily always want to hear strategy. They might want to hear about, uh, does, does your family support you when, you know, you play in poker? Does do you, you have a girlfriend? How does she feel about it? You know, those are things that I personally go through and struggle with, and I want to know what you guys think about that. And I personally, that's things that I want to know, um, on a personal level, like, how you guys deal with those type of situations. Does your family support you? Because I know mine doesn't. Um, what about yours, Jimmy?
1: Yeah, I, I, I do want to talk about this stuff. I want people to relate to us, you know, I want, because most poker players, they're not super high roller, you know, players. They're not, they're low stakes grinders, you know, s- recreational players and stuff like that that play poker for fun. And, you know, most of them lose money and most of them, some of them win money. But it's like, you know, I want someone, I want them to relate to us and I want to relate to them type of thing. My family do accept me as a poker player to a point, but there's, it's, it's sort of sticky. It's sort of um, hard to say because there's issues with them at times and sometimes they're, it's okay. So it's. It's it's a little weird how how my family is with poker.
0: I kind of feel like for most people, their family or friends will only accept them if they're doing very well, like basically successful in poker, right? So basically, if you're winning a lot of money, they're going to be like, oh, you know, you must be really good or you're doing well for yourself. So, yeah, it's a good idea. But if you're losing... They're like, oh, you're a degenerate gambler. You got an addiction and all these questions that they always ask you because I've heard it myself. So, I mean, it's something that I think people should talk about it because I know I'm not the only person that goes through it. So those are just types of, you know, different types of things that we want to talk about with you guys. Um, But on a personal level, um, what are you doing this week, Jimmy?
1: What am I doing this week? I am... I think I'm going to play a tournament tomorrow at The Creek.
0: Oh, that's right. What made you want to play this tournament?
1: Because I started out playing No Limit Mm Hold'em around maybe seven, eight years ago is when I first started playing poker. I started playing poker through friends that basically they had house games. And I played their house game, home game, poker. Um, It was like a tournament type of style of games. I didn't know anything really much about it. I watched poker on TV and stuff, but I never really got into it. And we did it, like, every Wednesday night we started playing. And I'm one of these people that's like, if I really want to do something, I want to get better at it. So I see, you know, when I go play, people are winning. And I'm like, you know what? I want to win. So I studied and researched and did a lot watched a lot of tv poke you know back then and poker after dark was so popular i started watching all that stuff and i got really into it and i'm like you know what i can probably win money doing this and then i spoke with a friend who i went to high school with and he was he became a poker pro he was telling me like yeah you, you could do you know as long as you learn the game you know study and all that you can probably you know win money so i'm like okay cool so that got me really into it. So I, you know, started playing No Limit Hold'em and, and all that stuff. But throughout the years, I've sort of, I'm not saying I lost interest in No Limit Hold'em. I still enjoy it, but I start playing more mixed games. So I'm, I'm more of a mixed game player right now. And back to what you are saying about how your family was with um, accepting you as a poker player. My family is a little bit different because they want me to play more cash games because... It's hard to cash in a tournament so every time when i tell them hell yeah i busted from this tournament i busted from this tournament and you know and so on they're like well just play cash games stop playing tournaments so it's more of them that where they're they're like they want you to just have a steady income type of thing I'm not saying poker is just a steady income because it's not but with less variance and everything playing cash games you know you, you tend to have a better Better way of winning money that way and stuff. So that's how my family is. You know, back to that topic and everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's. I actually started when I started playing cards when I was younger. I actually got into spades. I mean, have you ever played that game?
1: That was the game. I we we used to play spades all the time. I remember one time back in like high school, we did like a 24-hour marathon where (laughs) all we did was play spades. We ordered pizza and that was it.
0: That that's actually a fun game, which. Um, I actually started getting back into it with some other friends of mine who don't really play poker, but they play spades and I just started playing with them again. Um, It's a very fun game, but I started playing that. And from there, I went to see my family in Texas um, when I was like 20 years old and they actually taught me the game of poker. So, you know, funny enough, that's where the game originated. And they showed me that game slowly but surely. I started putting spades to the side and started playing poker because of course i started seeing that you can actually make money from it and things like that so i started playing um more tournaments cash games at my local casino and from there i just started playing more and more until i got more serious about it and i would say the last five years or so is when i really took it very seriously and playing like every week you know and started doing a little bit better and better and started studying more and taking trips out to Vegas with friends I mean I would say it got pretty serious and Jimmy is also one of my close poker friends and friends that goes along with me to uh to a Vegas every summer which you know hopefully we we're able to make it um this next summer because I think they're doing a big uh 50 a 50th anniversary or something?
1: Well, there's no trying. We're, we're going. It's, it's, we go every year. This is It, it is kind no, of... A... It's the 50th year. We're not... There's no trying, Izzy. We're, we're going.
0: He's right. It's kind of a, a ritual, right? It's kind of a tradition. You know,
1: we've gone the last, what, five? Five, six years? Yes. So it's... We can't miss out. It's a World Series of Poker. I I think er, anyone who plays poker should at least go there once just to experience it because it's, yeah, it's nothing different. like how it is in any other... poker series
0: it's it's basically like a camp because everywhere you look there's tournaments there's cash games going and there's so many people there that i would say feels like 60 percent of vegas is like poker players at that moment at that time you know of of year i would say
1: i would say even more than that like if you see poker players everywhere yeah i
0: think they get over a hundred thousand players total throughout the series yeah it's
1: it's no it's like no other you have to be there if you play poker you it's just fun
0: the whole setup of the rio you're walking through it you get like it's just a different type of feeling seeing that many people in one room and they have like three of them all you know all packed pretty much and um it's just very exciting um But of course, year round, you're you're playing at your local casinos, and there's always other great tournaments to play. Um, Luckily, we live in South Florida, and right now, to say it's probably aside from Vegas, it's probably the hottest place to play poker right now. I think right after the WSOP, everybody comes down to South Florida because we have all these great tournaments. I think LA is another good spot, but um, South Florida, like the Hard Rock and stuff, is gotta be top three in the country
1: south florida is definitely starting to get big and huge because of their hard rock series that they have like four times a year
0: and of course the weather
1: i'm not talking about the weather i still i've i've I been think here it's a big deal i've been here for a very long time for me because i'm from chicago and i grew up there i personally still don't like the weather it's too hot it's too humid i don't like it but i mean i'm I've been here for a while, so I guess I'm used to it.
0: But I think people like that going to a casino like the Hard Rock, coming out coming outside on a break, seeing you know the beautiful pool and the and the and the suns come out like it's just perfect weather to be in. People love going to the beach and stuff yeah, like that.
1: I, I guess if you you know if you grew up up north and you're used to that cold weather, down here would be a a total change, of scenery. So yeah, I guess it's welcome.
0: Most poker players are probably zombies. But remember, a lot of these people do have families, so they want to have something fun to do, right? And I think the hard ride, that's one of the reasons why people like coming to the hard ride, because you have casino, you have the pool, you have the beach, there's all these other things close by.
1: You're talking about recreational players? Have families? Are you talking about poker pros? Because I I don't think well I think I would say most poker pros don't have families.
0: Not today. the pros. I mean the recreational players. Yeah, the Rex will out for sure overrule yeah the the tournament field. The
1: Rex, you live down here though. It's mostly the poker pros, the traveling pros that.
0: Yeah, but I mean for for as far as like the Hard Rock, like we live here, and we still go get a room because it's convenient, right? I mean it's it's about an hour away from us, but.
1: Yeah, but but that's because we're lazy. We don't really want to drive all the way back. (laughs) You know
0: (laughs) what I mean? Well, I mean, playing long sessions does get tired, so you just want to relax. It's convenient just to go to your room, come back down if you want to play a cash game, or, you know, you make day two, and you got to be up early the next morning. You're already right there. So that's why I say, you know, it's it's convenient. It's nice for us to just stay there instead of driving back and forth. Yeah,
1: so what we do is we we go down there, we book a room for the weekend. And whenever the Hard Rock has their big series, usually like a big guarantee, like a million dollar guarantee or something like that, we'll go down there and we'll play the series. And if we make day two, then, you know, it's, it's more convenient because so we don't have to go back home and then go all the way back there again. And if we don't make day two, then, you know, we hang out there, grab dinner, we play some more cash games and stuff like that. And then we just hang out and stay in the room. So. Yeah, it's just convenience. It's more of convenience.
0: It's fun. It's definitely uh, something that I think everybody should experience, especially if you have um, one of your close poker friends that you trust. You can just split the room. It's just, you know, 100 bucks each or so. It's not too bad. Um, it's a pretty nice hotel as well. So, um, Yeah, the Hard Rock has really good
1: poker hotel room deals. Normal nights is like four or five hundred, but right. they'll charge you like maybe one fifty to two hundred a night instead. But you know, if you split it, it's not bad, so it's pretty cheap. So what um have you been playing lately, Izzy?
0: Actually, I haven't been playing. And actually, somebody just asked me that on uh, my Instagram, and um just with I just started a new job, um and I had some other stuff going on and. From there, just like I got busy and I haven't really been playing at all actually. No tournaments, no cash games. I actually plan on playing some cash g- probably next week because I have off the whole week from Christmas to New Year's. So I'll probably be playing some cash games then, but I probably won't play any tournaments till February when the WSOP circuit comes down
1: why are you waiting till February? Why don't you play the, uh, I know the lucky hearts, WPT lucky hearts is coming down in January. We just talked about the whole hard rock series. How yeah. The is.
0: problem is that I'm in a little bit of situation because I just started a new job. And the only tournaments that I really want to play, it's either day two is on Monday or like the main event doesn't end until like Tuesday. And I, I don't want to take that risk. Like if, the final table was on Monday, then for me, it's worth the risk of calling in sick on Monday because I'm already at the final table. I'm guaranteed 10 grand or so and I can win over 100 grand and it's definitely worth it. Right. But when you're playing day three or day two on Monday, day four on Tuesday, like it just doesn't make sense for me right now. I'd rather wait till at least February, be there at least three months and then I can, you know, figure out if I have to call in or not
1: you think that's a struggle with the local players here where they have to work? But like, especially the main where it's like four or five days. So you're sort of these people sort of like, well, I can't really play the main because I can't really take off three, four days. I mean, I can play the weekend and stuff, but day three, day four, I won't be able to make it. Do you think that's that might be an issue in the upcoming, you know,
0: events and stuff? I think it's part of it. I mean, if they had a a really good one-day tournament, let's say on Saturday... Then I will play that tournament and then, you know, maybe even stay there on Saturday, come back Sunday. Then I'm ready to go to, to work on Monday. But that's, you know, the only tournaments they have on Saturday, I think, is like an Omaha 8 tournament. Tournaments that I don't really ever play. So I'm not sure I should be putting up $350. Hey, don't, towards.
1: don't knock on Omaha 8 now. That's, I like Omaha that's
0: jam right there. by itself. I mean, just Omaha high. But. PLO um, PLO that's PLO. it PLO yeah the great game of pot limit Omaha The great game GTO yeah. strategy um, um But yeah I mean we'll see um this, this I mean from now till then is a long time but right now in my head I'm just saying that I probably won't play any tournament until the circuit and um maybe we could still drive down there for the uh, Hard Rock Lucky is it the lucky hearts lucky hearts maybe play some cash there's always good cash games going on during the series so we'll see what happens
1: my issue right now is that because i play more mixed games it's there's really no good cash games at hard rock i have to go basically to the aisle to play mixed games or to big easy casino which is really far from where i live and the games aren't even that good there so it it's hard so that's why i try to focus more on mixed game tournaments right now that's what i've been doing right now uh what do you
0: i did want to say though because you were talking about having a job and stuff that's going to be a topic that we discuss later on um as far as having a job and playing poker you know what do you guys think about that um if you want to be pro should you just try to get a bankroll, get a loan and just play poker or should you have a job and play poker at the same time, which I'll just tell you the quick answer for me is you should have a job and play poker because at least you have some income every week. But we'll get into that at another time. I think for now we're going to conclude the, uh, the podcast and we'll be bringing some more stuff to you guys. Jimmy,
1: that's it. You know how short this podcast is? 19 minutes and 5 seconds 6 seconds, 7 seconds it's, Keep on rolling
0: It's still rolling you right wanna now You
1: want to end it like that? I don't know This is our first podcast We got to make it special
0: <laughs> I mean They might want to hear more it, You're it, right
1: it, I don't know is it, Are we done? Is there anything else to talk about? I'm sure we can talk about other stuff too
0: What did you want to talk about?
1: I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm watching the super high roller right now on Poker Go right now. We're watching it. What I mean, you, what do you to think be honest, it? It they all su- suck. It, it just why do they suck? They all suck. Why do they suck? Why you got to be hating?
0: I got to be hating sometimes because they be playing ABC Poker for millions of dollars. They just got backing, and they all sell action. So I mean, to me, that's cop outs. Like they pretend they have all this money and people on tv act like they're so rich but they're not so
1: are you saying that their skill level is equal to our local tournament players down here or would you say that their their skill is better
0: i'd say only a small percentage of of the tournament players are actually better than the than a normal tournament player i mean if you look at you see a lot of the same stuff that you see anywhere like check calling down or post flop it's just like they're scared of make a play you know there's only like two or three players i see making any plays
1: so you're saying they're more um more reserved
0: yeah i not, mean I, not
1: aggressive how you
0: i don't know if it's just because if it's a 300k and maybe you know they're playing out of their
1: out their know. comfort zone yeah
0: they're then they're scared
1: because they they're backed and whatever you think that's what that is
0: Yeah, because you see a lot of them like folding big hands that you're like, okay, why would you do that? And you start to wonder if it's just because they're scared to lose the little bit of money they have that they put into this tournament or they're scared to lose the money that someone gave them. I mean, there's a lot of factors in it, but I'm not impressed, to be honest. Now,
1: are you talking about them making laydowns as in they're making they're folding the best hand or do you feel like they're they should call that hand because it's what you should do?
0: Yeah, I feel like they're not doing what they should be doing. So but they're playing but if you
1: listen to the experts or whatever, the, the commentators, they can be saying like, hey, these people are making disciplined laydowns because they're so good. Because why do you what do you think about that? Do you think it's because they're just really good when they have a gr- good read and they're like, you know what, I'm going to make this laydown.
0: Well, I saw... We we just saw them make a really great laydown. But that was one out of, like, ten that I saw already. That the rest were just, like, okay. They had a good pair and, like, someone's just betting down and they're just, like, fold without even, like, really thinking about it. Or checking down the flop, turning river when there's three people in a hand and, like, somebody should be betting, right? Because they're supposed to be the best in the world, so... Somebody should be making plays, right? The way I see it. And half of this field so far hasn't made any plays.
1: Do you feel like like we're talking about the buy-in is a factor? How much they're being staked is a factor?
0: I think so because like if I play a $100 tournament and that's like my typical range of tournaments from $100 to 300 Now, I just play a $3,000 tournament, right? And I have like $5,000 in my bank account. I'm going to probably be playing a little worried. Like, should I make this call on this hand? Should I not? If, what if I lose? What if I'm not ahead? And that's not the way to be playing poker, right? I mean, you can't you can't play scared. Otherwise, you're not going to be playing your A game.
1: I think these players are better than most of the poker players. I agree with you that you're saying that they do play tight and everything and they make laydowns that they shouldn't make laydowns because they should call in some certain certain spots. I think it's the difference between these players and the players that we normally play with is basically leveling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It has to do with them thinking in a higher... thinking higher than the other players that are at our level where they're, they're just on another level do
0: I'm you thinking. see that on, on all the players though
1: I would say more the professional players but the, like the businessmen poker players not so much because I think the businessmen are there's more to, they're just more gambling and you know some, some of the times you know they get lucky because they have a lot of money, so they're not playing scared, like you were saying. Because they have right, the money but to play, to be aggressive.
0: From what I could see in this field, I'd say most of them are not businessmen.
1: Right, but there are a few. So those yeah. few, you know, I do notice they do play a little bit more reckless than the poker pros.
0: Like right now, right, we saw a hand with Alex Foxen versus um, Winter. And the right play was probably to go all in. Right, on the turn because he had a straight draw and a flush draw. Versus this call, right? And he ended up making the right play, right? Right. He goes all in. Whether he wins or not, it was the right play. Correct. That's what we... You would say, right? Right. And he ended up winning. But that's besides the point. So say? I think that... I'm saying that he's playing the way he should be, which is probably why he's the chip leader. Okay. You know what I mean? Versus other people... Who are not And that's why they're not Doing that great Those people that are Always winning And that's why I said it Don't get me wrong There are elite players Those people Those people are the ones Who usually keep winning Consistently, right? Alex Foxen is one of those people Right And and, you know I respect that because He plays lower stake uh, Tournaments From 1Ks to what To 25Ks So now he's already In the 300K Which I'm I know he doesn't have 100% himself But as you can see He's one of the better players. And I think playing, him being able to play in all those formats and crush any of those formats is why he's where he's at today.
1: But I think that's difference between different poker players and their poker strategy where you have some poker players that are off the bat, they're just aggressive, they keep on pushing. And then you have other players who are just, you know, playing tight and they're just waiting and being patient. Not that, you know, it doesn't mean that the patient player will bust out or the aggressive player will bust out. But both of them will have opportunities to win a tournament based on their style. You know what I'm saying? Because just because there's a good chance that the aggressive person could bust out just like the patient person can bust out too. You know, it has to do with the cards, how you play it, luck also. And, you know, your skill. You know what I mean? So... Everyone has their own different way of
0: playing. I think that with his style, though, in the long run, he's going to win more than he lose. Versus the patient person might be lucky enough to win this tournament or or run deep. But in 10 tournaments, he's only going to do it once. Versus the other guy, like Alex, he's probably going to do it like four times out of 10.
1: Well, I think it's sort of opposite. Or even where that. if you're tight and patient, you're more prone to min cash more. Right. While right. the aggressive person will tend to win the tournament right, more. Right. Right. And that's not, why he's winning tournaments. Right. Not necessarily saying he's gonna end up busting out more because of his, his aggression, but he'll win more tournaments because of it. While he'll the, get the
0: bigger scores. Right.
1: While the patient person will have more of a min cash yeah. type of thing.
0: Because you're you're basically waiting for like just big hands and then you might eventually get into the money but that's all you're really gonna ever get right because mm-hmm. you're never making a play you're never trying to bluff i mean in the field of a thousand players it's like you're so unlikely to win a tournament playing that type of style right yeah i mean don't you agree so with his style i think he has a great opportunity to win this tournament. That. You know that they're playing right now, but we'll see
1: what happens. I know Negrano doing well, he's got a totally different approach right now. He's doing the old school where he's talking a lot, he's doing a lot of table talking and stuff like that. So, he's doing well so far. So
0: know. far, he's 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 probably one of those players that we were just talking about, like just probably just getting lucky or just being patient because I haven't really seen him make a play. he's been very tight. Um, he made a good fold, but you know, he's kind of just waiting. For good hands, and he's getting good hands. That's why he's got a lot of chips. But so far, I haven't really seen him make like a crazy aggressive play or but, something. But
1: here's here's this question for me, for you, uh, f- to you that we're talking about Negron Daniel Negrano, who was the all-time leading money person, right? Right. He's got six bracelets. He's got WP titles and all that stuff. He's mm-hmm. basically one of the I would say would you say, top three all-time players? Yeah. You know, arguably. Yeah. So he's got a strategy, right? He plays small ball. He has different ways of playing. But would you say that his playing style is a good playing style? Because obviously he's doing something right tournament-wise. Just like Phil Hellmuth. He has 12 bracelets. He's doing something right, you know what I mean, tournament-wise. And Phil's known to be th- Like really tight And blinding out To like nothing Type of thing
0: But Tell he, me tell He's me, not
1: known to be The aggressive Three bet Four bet you But know,
0: that's why person. he never wins In these type of tournaments Because in these type of tournaments I feel that you have to Do that type of play
1: But the Super High Roller It's so deep Like the structure Is so good Where it's like Right you, but you how
0: many can. Has he won he, ha, How many tournaments Has he won
1: but how many super Zero. high roller has there been?
0: He's played a lot of
1: them. The actual super high roller bowl? Yeah. How many has? No, been I don't two
0: mean two super high roller, roller bowls. You talking about the high roller Just high roller tournaments. tournaments.
1: I think he he's came. never didn't, won any. No, I'm not sure. I have to look into it.
0: He ran it. deep on one or so, but I mean, it don't matter. I don't care who you are. You play a hundred of them, so you're gonna run deep in one of them. You know, I mean, you could suck at poker. You're gonna run deep in one. If you have win.
1: other players like Ike Haxton, or just, I'm just naming, I can't even think of who other players. Um, you know, well, people Jason think Kuhn, stuff like that. how many they they haven't really won a tournament. You know, they play it all the time. Jason
0: Coons won a lot of tournaments.
1: We're talking about a, a high roller tournament.
0: I'm not sure. All I'm saying is, you know, listen, I'm not bashing them all. Like there are good players. I know there are elite players versus just good players, and then there's just, you know, the bad players. You know, all I'm saying is that from what I could see is that, you know, you know, a lot of the players are playing kind of soft right now. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, it could be because they don't have all of themselves and they're playing exactly. scared. It's possible.
0: That's why, that's another topic we're going to talk about, which is bankroll row management, backing, and should you always have 100 percent of yourself or should you just you know take sell action those types of things um, i think everybody would like to hear about it and maybe uh even get some questions from you guys as well
1: yeah i'm looking forward to talking about all this stuff because i get excited about all this stuff um we just talked about yeah we're just going to talk about poker about yeah, my lifestyle and everything, it and and fun.
0: and I think I'm gonna cut this off right now because I have to go to work tomorrow.
1: Why you gotta be that guy to to be a party pooper?
0: Why you gotta suck?
1: I don't suck because I don't have to work tomorrow.
0: <laughs> You're off already?
1: No, I'm gonna play a tournament. Remember?
0: Oh, that's right. See, must be nice. Just take off days from work and go play tournaments.
1: So I work part time at a school and then I play poker part-time. So I, I get to take days off, basically.
0: See, I used to do that at my other job, but I was already there for a long time, so it wasn't that big a deal. So I like this job where I'm at, so I'm gonna wait a little bit before I start doing anything like that. Um, but we'll see.
1: When, when are you off?
0: I'm off, this Friday's my last day, and I'm off for 12 days.
1: So what do you plan on doing for the holidays? any big plans
0: i'm only gonna be playing uh cash really um probably i'm not sure when during the week if i play here in my local casino it's, it's always best on the weekend that's best where do action you,
1: where do you play at for all the people that's wondering like, what, what play casinos here. are like, i play what, here what's west palm. around here to play
0: well i play here now I, I live in west palm beach and the local casino is the kennel club it's been around for a long time and um uh, that's where I actually started playing cash games and stuff back in the day. and then I also play at the uh, um, Coconut Creek. I play at the Isle, of course, and uh, the Hard Rock. But for cash games, I really like the Kino Club. I think it's this office.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't play at the Keno Club because there's really not a lot of mixed games there. I basically have to drive 45 minutes to an hour all the time. if I really need, want to go play. Which sucks, sort of. But, I mean, whatever. I gotta do it. what I gotta do.
0: Hope you guys enjoyed uh, this conversation, this podcast. We're gonna be bringing a lot more better content to you guys. In the near future, of course. Um, hopefully, within the next month, we'll be getting to an actual podcast. This was just like an introduction for you guys. Let you guys know a little bit about myself and, of course, Jimmy. And um, we'll see what happens. We're excited to bring this all to you.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely have more content and everything. You know, we're looking forward to it and excited. So we'll just see what happens.
0: All right, and we're out. All right.